On today's Family Vacationer, we take a look at Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars themed land at Disneyland and Disney World. Danny's going to interview Shane and Joanna, who recently visited Walt Disney World, and get their take on the new attraction. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, Rob and Danny. the go-to podcast for families on the move. Hey everyone, this is episode 8 of the Family Vacationer. This is Rob. We'll hear from Danny in just a little bit. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge, which is now open at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Now, so far, the volume of crowds expected haven't materialized, leading to speculation that this new land is some kind of failure for Disney. I think it's important to separate the business implications from the consumer experience. There's lots of factors to consider here. There was a very real concern that the new area would be hopelessly crowded. Maybe that's one reason for the lower uh, than expected attendance. Additionally, Galaxy's Edge opened on both coasts with only one of the two rides operational. The Rise of the Resistance is the second ride in the land and set to open December 5th in Orlando and January 17th in Anaheim at Disneyland. Of the two rides, Rise of the Resistance has a real opportunity to be a game changer with new ride technology. It's supposedly going to last about 15 minutes, which for a, an attraction at an amusement park or a theme park is a long, long time. So maybe some families decided they'd wait until both rides were working before they planned to visit. Maybe Star Wars just isn't quite the draw that it was expected to be. If you look at some of the recent box office numbers, that lends a little credence to that as well. In Disneyland, it was especially interesting remembering there's only three official Disney hotels in Anaheim at Disneyland. Now, all of the surrounding hotels raised their prices in anticipation of large crowds, and that could have been a factor, another factor in the lack of crowds. They just decided, you know what, that's too, too rich for my blood, I'm not going. The reality is maybe it's a bit of all these things combined with a larger issue that's facing Disney that we'll talk about after Danny's interview. And historically, I think it's important to put things in perspective because both Disneyland and Walt Disney World themselves had inauspicious openings and have gone on to be very successful. So that's the business perspective. Let's talk about things from the consumer experience level. Let's give a little background on exactly what Galaxy's Edge is. Okay, the story behind the area is that it's the Black Spire Outpost and it's a starport that's kind of gone the way of Route 66 and that it used to be a main hub of transportation throughout the galaxy, but with technology advancing and new lanes of travel opened, the outpost is where people go to get off the grid. Now the First Order, the bad guys in the Star Wars story, sent a garrison to occupy the outpost, the outpost and search for something or someone. The land is full of characters you know while leaving room for future storytelling around Star Wars stories to come. That's tough to say, Star Wars stories to come. So that's the backstory. Let's get a first-hand account of the experience. Let's send it over to Danny to talk with Joanna and Shane about their visit to Galaxy's Edge. Take it away, Dan. Thanks, Rob. Hey, everybody. It's me, Danny, and I'm here with some friends of mine, Joanna and Shane. Now, I'm not sure if you would call Joanna and Shane Disney fanatics, but maybe, I don't know, what do you guys say? I think so. Yeah, some people have called us Disney nerds. Yeah. All right, all right, that's cool. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with being a Disney nerd, right? <laughs> well, Joanna and Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. As Rob said, we're going to talk specifically about your experience at Galaxy's Edge, but first, let's lay a little bit of groundwork. How often are you guys heading down to Disney these days? In the last year, we've been 
four times, and a couple of years ago, we went down a total of eight. Wow. That's in a year. Yes. Okay. So you guys are laying tracks. Right. That's awesome. Okay. So, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, compared to me, you're a Disney fanatic. And I love Disney, but, man, that's great. <laughs> All right. So um, you're pass holders. Yes, sir. Okay. That's the best way to get value for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I hear a lot of people say that, that if you want value and you love it, get the pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, so, totally worth it. All right, so everybody heard that. Get the pass if you're a Disney fan. All right, now you guys were there in August. Now Galaxy's Edge opened at the end of the month, but you were there before the official opening. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. We were there 10 days before the official opening, and that, the only reason we were able to do that is because of being annual pass holders. Okay. So the pass holders got to go in to Galaxy's Edge. Right. They opened up registration via email, and I was actually in a virtual queue for 45 minutes until finally it opened up to where it gave me a couple time slots to where we could pick when we wanted to go preview that amazing area. Awesome. Okay. Now, would you say that you're Star Wars fans, or are you just Disney fans who visited the new Star Wars area? Well, we definitely enjoy the original films the best um we are star wars fans but we are more disney fans we did not plan this trip specifically because of galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. however once we saw the email we were like okay we've got to experience galaxy's edge so uh you say the original films the ones that began in the 70s yes Yes. the original films (laughs) yes the original films original films not not the prequels but the originals that's a different show altogether right there that is yeah most definitely. Are you talking episode one or the first episode or what is it? Right. You're talking Release about the release date. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one that came out when I was six. Yes. I'm that old. Um, all right. So, so you guys are somewhat fans. Um, now, you first walk in to Galaxy's Edge. First impressions. The first thing we saw was a lot of landscape, um, but then the first thing that really caught my attention was seeing the X-Wing fighter. Seeing an X-Wing fighter in person, it made me want to jump onto the ship and fly it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after we walked through, walked past that, after taking that in for a moment, we went through a marketplace and it had a lot of shops right next to each other, mm-hmm. a couple places to get some food, some snacks, that sort of thing. But then... After going through the marketplace, we came around this corner, and all of a sudden, I just had to stop um, because we saw literally the fastest ship in the galaxy. We saw something that just literally made me tear up. Um, I cried tears of joy seeing the Millennium Falcon there in person, Yeah, and that really, really made me feel like I was in a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I was holding the map, and when we mm-hmm. came around that corner, we both just stopped, and I put down the map, and we both pulled out our phones to take yeah. pictures, and we were both just getting emotional, and it was just it was just really cool. But, you know, we just rounded that corner, and there is the ship. Yeah. And you see just people walking around, and it was just amazing. Did, did you get the feeling that, it was just kind of your childhood coming to life. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without I, a doubt. Yeah. That, that's what my first thought was, you know, if I was standing there looking at this thing, it would, it would just be my childhood, mm-hmm. but real. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, in the eighties, you know, we're, we're playing with the models, but here it mm-hmm. is in front of you. I could see how it would be 
oh my gosh, here's my mm-hmm. childhood and it's like life size in front yeah. of me. Yeah, so, exactly. That's exactly. amazing. Absolutely incredible. So in your opinion, Disney's done an excellent job of bringing the, this, well, I don't want to say the movies, bringing the world, this world to life. Oh, with, without a doubt. They've done an yeah. incredible job. It is, it's different than anything else they've ever done. Compare it to a Pandora over an Avatar or mm-hmm. an Animal Kingdom or compared to even in Hollywood Studios, Toy Story Land. I'm actually more of a fan of Toy Story in terms of the movies. However, by two, Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge, they just put a lot more detail into mm-hmm. it, and it just really feels more like you're in that world. Just the small touches like the trash cans. Okay. Did not look like trash cans in the park. They, I, I, I can't describe how, how they look, but I mean, it was, it, it looked very like nether planet looking. It just, it didn't look out of place. Okay. And I mean, just the theming of everything and just the detail that Disney took and even with the cast members, we had some questions for them. And, like, for example, there was a shirt that we were looking for. And I'll let Shane tell that one. So there was a certain shirt that I had to have, saw other guys wearing it. And I was like, I've got to find that shirt. So asking cast members where I could find that shirt, they all never broke character whatsoever. And they said, I haven't seen it here in our world and on, on this planet but I've heard that you might possibly be able to find that shirt on another planet. So that was their code way mm-hmm. of telling me it's not here in Batu, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is inside the park in another area of the park. So, right. Mm-hmm. So that was really just great the mm-hmm. way that they did not break their character whatsoever, but it was completely, they are, they mm-hmm. are inhabitants mm-hmm. of Batu. Yeah. Yeah. And they would say, we think it's in this world called Hollywood Studios. <laughs> and there's a, ne- there, there's a shop in this world. It's next to another place, another ride or attraction, we think, called Star Tours. Oh. And so, but they just did not break character at all. They mm. never said, you know, oh, you'll want to get out of here and you'll turn up here. They just stayed in character as if they were from that planet so you can't walk around the corner you have to leave the planet yes to exactly. get, well that's that's yes. cool exactly no, i love it i mean <laughs> you know, let's commit to the character right exactly yeah it's great commitment <laughs> that's very cool um all right so give us a rundown of everything to the best of your mem- your memory um what what can a guest expect to be able to do or see there there's so many different opportunities right now, but I know that they are still working on more opportunities. Um, there are, again, a lot of different shops where you can get, you can build your lights on lightsaber, which would be an incredible experience. You could also do something like um, we were able to get some blue milk, and it was just yeah. being Star Wars fans, it was nice to be able to walk up and try something different mm-hmm. for sure. Um, something else that we were impressed with that we did not do ourselves, but we talked to another guest that they were playing on their phone and we were wondering what they were doing. There's a app with the play Disney app in which mm-hmm. you can actually activate different areas of the land through your app, through your mm-hmm. phone, um, through what they call the data pad. You're able to 
hold your phone up to, let's say, a certain door, and lights will light up on the door. Wow. The, so it connects with that. Okay. So it's very interactive mm -hmm. compared to some other areas of that park or compared to Disney in general. It's a lot more interactive. Mm -hmm. um, we would like to take advantage of that next time we go, for sure. Um, you could also, of course, you could fly the Millennium Falcon without go. a doubt. That mm -hmm. was um, that was absolutely amazing. But there's a lot of other things that I know they are still working on. Um, for example, Rise of the Resistance. They're working. That one is not open yet, but that is another attraction that will be there. I believe by the end of the year is when they're opening up that one. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So you're talking about building a lightsaber that's in the workshop, right? In Sabi's right. workshop. Yep, Sabi's workshop is that one. There's also an area where you can build a droid as well. And that... Uh, droid Depot. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Droid Depot. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You got it. Yeah. Okay. It, were you able to take in any of the food or drink? While I know you mentioned the blue milk. Mm -hmm. Right. Anything else that you guys got to sample? Yeah, we were able to go to the Ronto Roasters where um, it was a very different kind of experience and mm -hmm. from the standpoint of they had the map said grilled sausage but yet you walk up and it's actually more like a jerky type food mm -hmm. um in terms of wasn't wasn't the most impressive thing be mm -hmm. honest mm -hmm. with you um we were that was the only part of galaxy's edge that we weren't impressed with mm -hmm. is the food options whether oh, okay. it be dockside uh, or docking bay seven mm -hmm. that's the, the options Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That they didn't have as much variety in that area of the park in terms of food options compared to other areas of the park mm -hmm. or compared to other parks in general. Um, so, but yeah, there there are still good options without yeah. a doubt. If you're wanting a snack, mm -hmm. you can definitely get some good snacks there. Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting food, it might be best to eat somewhere else mm -hmm. before either before coming into Galaxy's Edge or after you're spending some time in Galaxy's Edge. Okay, that's good info. Do your research mm -hmm. when planning the meals for mm -hmm. sure. Right. All right. I got to ask you, finally, I'm getting to this. I got to mm -hmm. talk about Smuggler's Run. <laughs> <laughs> you flew it. You're the twice. pilot. You flew it twice. Yeah. Twice. We were probably at an advantage being a party of two. Mm -hmm. um, when they are breaking you into groups, they ask you how many are in your party. Mm -hmm. And with us being a party of two, we were able to beat a pilot twice. Mm -hmm. There are different roles and it is the first time that we have ever been on a ride in which what we are doing is actually affecting our experience. Okay. So, for example, us flying the Millennium Falcon the first time did not last as long as our <laughs> second time flying the Falcon. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, when they uh, – it's kind of like Mission Space. You know, everyone has a role. You have the pilot, you have mm -hmm. the navigator, oh, yeah, right, various right. different mm -hmm. responsibilities. And so Shane and I were both pilots. And mm -hmm. so you walk in and we sat down and they're explaining what we'll be doing, what our mission is. And then, you know, they kind of give some signals of, okay, pilot, you know, take the plane up or something like that, take right. the, the, um, the ship up. Mm -hmm. Well, there was one time that I didn't lift it up all the way like I should have, and we crashed. And so that's wow. what Shane was meaning, that the ride didn't last as long because I crashed the ship. But I did better the next time. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you crashed. Way to go, Joanna. <laughs> right. Yeah. Killed your husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But it was so overwhelming just being in the cockpit, being, mm-hmm. I mean, just when we, there was a moment in which they said, okay, switch it to light speed. And yeah. it just, we took off and it was just, I can't even put in words the feeling. I mean, it was like, we didn't want to touch any buttons because mm-hmm. we wanted to experience it from the standpoint of, wow, this is just mm-hmm. in absolutely incredible. And it felt like we were jumping into light speed. Okay. Like immediately. I mean, like you push that button and it thrusts you forward. And hmm. um, it was just really cool and great experience. And, um, you know, I didn't want the ride to end. No. And, you know, we wanted to stay in there and pilot again. Mm-hmm. But there were other people waiting. So, all right. I just want to mm-hmm. understand. It, you know, let's, you talked about Mission Space. I've ridden Mission mm-hmm. Space tons of times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, to me it's clear you know four people in there i'll have four mm-hmm. jobs it tells you know pilot do this you know mm-hmm. um it whether you hit the buttons or not it's going to happen but this, what you're telling me on millennium falcon <laughs> on this one you don't do it and and you don't do it <laughs> it yeah. just exactly. doesn't work yeah exactly you're kidding yeah no and we for example when we talked to a cast member Later on, after we exited Galaxy's Edge, he asked us, did you get to a certain point? He said, did you actually finish the ride? Because he he knew, because he had been on it multiple times himself, his first time, he did not get to the same point that he did. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a game in a mm-hmm. sense. Like a video of, game is what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. It's very much like a video game in which you're playing this role, and if you don't fulfill your obligation, if, if your team around you is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you're right. You, your life is going to end. Your experience mm-hmm. of flying the Falcon is not going to last very long. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a better team around you, if you understand your role more, then you're going to you're going to have a longer ride, longer mm-hmm. experience, and really a better experience. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was my thought exactly. This is this is giant Mario or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not you know different scenario obviously, but right. Um, all right, how many people are in the cockpit with you when you what's your what do you said your team? How many is that? Total of six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two pilots, two navigators, and I believe it's gunners. Yes. And yeah. engineers. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah. pilots, gunners, and engineers. Yeah. Okay. So it would it would work really well if you had say a group of six people that you oh, went in together yeah. and they've all yeah. done it and yeah. you, exactly. you might get pretty far. Yeah. Cause oh, yeah. it would be like left gunner, right pilot and uh, telling us what we needed to do. And then it would be up to us to actually do it or not. You know, I this is off the wall, but I, I can see people, the dedicated fans, you know, forming mm-hmm. teams. Oh and, yeah. And this is oh, your yeah. well-rehearsed job and yeah. this, you, you know, going in there trying to, yeah. trying to make it all the way. I, you know, it's going to talking happen. to people. That would be you. Talking to people yeah. in the queue about okay, do you, have you had yeah. experience being a gunner? Mm-hmm. Have you exactly. had experience being mm-hmm. the pilot? You know, and and literally making like you said, making your team. Of, yeah. Okay, this we're going to make sure that we have a better experience. Oh yeah, I, I you know it's going to happen. Oh, right. they're going to yeah. be there. Are people yeah. already doing that. Probably. I'm sure there are. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how long did you have to wait uh, to wait to get onto that ride? I think the first time we waited, 
was it 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes for the first time. Mm-hmm. But then the second time, since it was a little bit later in the evening and all, we only waited around 20 minutes mm-hmm. the second time. Yeah. It was not a long wait whatsoever. And there were no fast passes for this. Oh, Since it okay. was open annual pass holders, it right. was just a standby. There were no mm-hmm. fast passes for that. They okay. do have a single rider line, right? but we, of course, did not do the single rider mm-hmm. line. But I'm sure a single rider probably could have been on it in five to ten minutes tops. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's, that's not bad. Yeah. Now, I'm sure they will have fast passes, mm-hmm. but they just didn't have it for this wasn't when we open. were there. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't officially open yet. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so you mentioned Flight of Passage. Mm-hmm. I've ridden that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I got off of it, and I was... I had to, you know, kind of take it easy for a few <laughs> minutes because I was feeling a little bit, uh, you know, queasy. Right. Um, how, do, how does that compare in terms of what you're seeing visually and moving and all that? So I definitely deal with motion sickness a lot more than you do. Um, okay. I can barely handle Flight of Passage. I cannot handle something like Expedition Everest. I can uh, just wow, too much motion shame. sickness. I know. Most people love Expedition Everest. Obviously, Joanna, she'll ride short expedition Everest five times in a row we need while to go, I'm Joanna. standing outside. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Next but trip I'm going. You definitely you definitely need to, for sure, for sure. Um, but with this ride, I don't know if it's because of being such a fan of the combination of video games and Star Wars itself and just having a role to play mm-hmm. in the ride. Yes, it was – there was – a lot of motion, yeah. but yet it wasn't anything like Star Tours, for example. Oh, okay. So it wasn't yeah. something in which you felt out of control, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of my issue with motion sickness. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But at the um, afterwards, being such a fan of the experience, w- as Joanna said earlier, we wanted to stay longer, but there's corridors to where you can just stand there and you feel like you're walking on different parts of the ship Mm -hmm. so you can if you need to take a break you definitely can Mm -hmm. however because of what you're doing to me it did not give any of that motion sickness Mm -hmm. comparison to a flight of passage or compared to expedition everest or star tours or mission space Mm -hmm. etc yeah now okay joanna you don't get motion sickness oh no Right. I love rides. I love All roller right. coasters. So you and I would do well while Shane and my wife sat, <laughs> did their own thing. Definitely. Right. She doesn't ride anything. Oh, that's a shame. And, and it, you know, I feel like she's just missed part of life having yeah. not been <laughs> on rock and roller coaster. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, that's great info. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about, I was asking you about the wait time. Right. That brings me to something there there's some interesting reports coming out right now about galaxy's edge and in terms of the crowd levels not being probably what disney expected i don't know but you know i'm hearing people are not seeing the the massive wall-to-wall crowds that i don't know what in in your experience now i know this was before it opened right just for pass holders right you, you could move easily around you could there's no problem right Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of it being the preview and all. Yeah. But we had no problems whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time that we had to stand in line mm-hmm. really the longest was to get into the land for mm-hmm. them to basically check our credentials, make sure that yeah. we had reservation for a certain time, certain mm-hmm. date. But then after that, once we were actually on Batu, really the wait times were not long mm-hmm. at all for smug- Smuggler's Run or 
milk stand really yeah. the only thing that we were not able to experience that we wanted to was going into the cantina um, okay. there was a long wait for that just because it is a smaller venue mm -hmm. so they don't have much capacity apparently right and that so we did have we weren't able to experience mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah okay well i guess i guess time will tell you mm -hmm. know right. six months from now look back and see how those crowds panned out but yeah. for any listeners out there they're pondering going to galaxy's edge what does every disney fan need to know before going to galaxy's edge any tips um what we mentioned before with um kind of the snacks and the food um definitely if you are wanting to look for a meal or something like that maybe look somewhere else but um and to, to me they were a little limited on their snacks now we did try the blue milk i loved the blue milk mm -hmm. and um one of the snacks that we did try um it was either a sausage wrap or you could do like a pork wrap and it was more like a jerky type almost like a beef jerky okay. type thing um and it wasn't my favorite um but um but to us the snacks were just a little bit limited so definitely if you're looking for like food or snacks maybe go somewhere else mm -hmm. and but galaxy's edge definitely has a lot more like to take in like with the theming and you know building your own droid your droid or lightsaber or smugglers run <laughs> Well, thanks, Danny, for that interview, and thanks, Joanna and Shane, for sharing your experience at Galaxy's Edge with us. So first off, I need to send out a big apology. This episode is a week late due to some major technical issues and some scheduling issues as well. However, I'm glad I got the opportunity to listen to the quarterly earnings call with Disney and give a little report back. Robert Iger, president and chairman of Disney, basically admitted that overall attendance at Disney parks are down. This is an admission that many have been speculating about for a while and is now confirmed by the company. However, revenue was rescued by an uptick in consumer spending in the parks. And this is a direct result of the higher prices at Disneyland and Disney World. Now, the purpose of this podcast is not to get into the inner workings of Disney as a business, not at all. But there's an underlying issue that I believe does represent a huge problem or a huge potential problem. I'm deeply concerned that Disney has forgotten or is in the process of forgetting that one of their greatest resources are the people that are working at the parks. Some of you may know in recent years, Disney's outsourced mousekeeping, which is the housekeeping service at all the resorts. They've reduced some of the unique entertainers that roam the parks and generally, generally reduced staffing levels. If you've been to the parks in the last year, it's hard not to notice that the cleanliness of the parks is at an all-time low. So while it's great to have new ride technology and attractions opening and resorts, rides like Rise of the Resistant, it's the people and the service that, provide, that Disney provides that separate Disney parks from their competition. So what am I saying here? Am I, am I recommending that you rethink taking a trip to Disney? Absolutely not. It's still a truly magical place full of incredible employees that love their jobs and the company they work for. I had a conversation with a family that I booked travel for to Disney just a little bit ago. And, you know, we were talking about some of the, they were going to need a vacation from their vacation and, you know, some of the logistical things that happen on a Disney vacation. And he says, you know what? 
everything was worth it when my daughter saw Mickey and Minnie Mouse. It was just a magical experience. And that's, that's still the case. The, nothing I've said should lead you to believe that that's not still the case. My point is simply that low attendance at Galaxy's Edge or in the parks in general in the short term isn't the biggest threat to the company. Every family that I've spoken with or that book travel to Disney loves Galaxy's Edge, loves the new addition to the park. And the rise of the resistance attraction that's opening soon has a chance to be truly special. Disney's a huge multinational publicly traded company that has a responsibility to its shareholders. And I totally understand that. However, there is a real danger that the company's sacrificing their signature service, the very core of who Disney is, to satisfy a balance sheet. And that's a very, very real, real danger, and it's something that we're going to be watching closely here at the Family Vacationer. But maybe, you know, maybe you want to go experience this new world for yourself. I would certainly love to help you plan that vacation to Disney or any magical destination you'd like to visit. My services are, as a vacation planner are always free to my clients. So if you'll email me today at rjones at starstufftravel, S-T-A-R-S-T-U-F-F-T-R-A-V-E-L.com, we can start planning your magical vacation today. That's it for this episode. Again, my apologies for getting us off track a little bit. We'll be back in two weeks with an episode on multi-generational travel. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.